Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Dr. Carl, good morning. Can you hear us now? Dr. Howard? Dr. Howard, lovely to be with you again. Nice to chat to you. So we wanted to discuss a couple of things. First of all, this whole variety, this whole new class of insecticides. Yeah, um, I didn't realize it, but they've actually been around for a while. Now, you might remember you heard about DDT in the mm-hmm. old days. Mm-hmm. Well, DDT, firstly, um, was very effective as an insecticide, but secondly, it interfered directly in birds with their ability to make eggshells. So it did have effects that were immediately obvious and birds are really cute. So people sort of felt a sympathy for getting rid of DDT. And in fact, it turned out to be a good thing. Although I do have a terrible memory of when I started teaching in New Guinea Mm that when the students came into the educational institution, we would cut ping pong balls in half and then put one on each of their eyes and then spray their very fuzzy thick hair with DDT to get rid of lice. What? Oh, my word. We would put ping pong balls on their eyes and then spray DDT on their hair to get rid of lice. That, that was a thing? Oh, my word. Uh, in the early 1970s in New Guinea. Wow. Yeah, it worked. Did it? And yeah. the thing was that DDT had, was, is pretty safe on humans. Oh. Um, it doesn't have too many side effects, but it was devastating on birds. And so there was the movement to get rid of it. And we, and we do overuse insecticides. Right. And then we moved over, and I didn't realise this until recently, around the mid-1990s, we started using chemicals called neonicotinoids, and they seem to be having a devastating extra effect on other insects. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember years ago, driving around, and if you're driving around near sunset, you've got to stop and clean your windscreen. Mm, mm. And gradually over the years, the number of insects on windscreens dropped by 10, 20, 80, 90%. Did you notice that in your South Africa? Yeah, it's interesting. I think you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So there's lots of studies showing this around the world. And the trouble is that the insecticides are overused because they're relatively cheap and you can protect your crop right here, right now. And you don't really think about next year because the neonicotinoids are persistent. So firstly, they last for a really long time, and unlike DDT. Mm, and secondly, mm. when they do break down, they break down into other compounds that are equally toxic to insects so they hang around for a really long time and it appears as though they are a factor not the only one but a factor in you might have heard of colony collapse disorder Mm, yes where bee hives are just dying off so that's another thing they're involved in so the way it seems to be is if we use them wisely and sparingly we can get benefit without too much harm so at one extreme you've got the european union which has banned them except in a very specific closed environment inside a closed greenhouse um the usa um sort of you can use it here and there but australia anything you want you can use them anywhere you like and i don't know where south africa is on this but um 
these neonicotinoids also go into the soil and believe it or not soil is alive mm. there are insects mm. down mm. there mm. and it kills them and it's depressing crops uh, it's something we need to look at and i've only recently discovered about them and uh, people are looking at them more and more it's actually so uh, so devastating because we realize the impact that we can have just by using something that gives us an immediate uh, immediate result but uh, the long term the long term results obviously and it's uh, I, I wrote about this in an article to make another point but unintended consequences uh, when we looked at uh, what happened in China I think it was with the uh, was it the sparrow where they killed they thought that uh, that uh, the sparrow was killing uh, was eating all the crops and so they killed all of them um, and it, it, it actually resulted in the largest famine ever because they weren't then eating the locusts who then ate the crop. So it's, uh, those are the unintended consequences of our behavior, which is something uh, quite, uh, quite uh, unnerving. Let's just talk about mm. long COVID because we're, be- we're beginning apparently to understand the possible causes. Yeah, so um, in acute COVID, short term, mm-hmm. sure, it ends up in your lungs, but... It also has systemic um, activation of cells in your immune system and inflammation. And then various organs can go to lunch, like your kidney and your liver and your spleen and your heart. And you can get blood clots in the short term. Now, about 5% of patients with acute COVID go on to long COVID, where their immune system uh, is dysfunctioning and exhausted. They've got persistent, continuous immune system activation. They're attacking themselves. Uh, via antibodies and until recently there were no diagnostic tests nor treatments but just uh, in the last couple of weeks we've worked out that uh, by looking at over six and a half thousand proteins in blood by looking at somebody's blood in acute COVID Mm -hmm. we've got a very good idea of whether they're going to go into long COVID and we've worked out the mechanism and it's this thing called compliment, which is like, oh, you're looking really nice tonight, honey. Uh, but that's exactly the same spelling of the word. It's called the complement system in the immune system. Mm-hmm. And what it does is kill germs. And if it's activated via a slightly wrong pathway, it can lead to blood clots um, via a very complicated pathway, which then gives you the symptoms of long COVID and brain fog. And so f- finally, we can now look at somebody in acute COVID and look at their blood and have a pretty reasonable guess as to whether they're going to go into long COVID, which affects 5% of everybody who gets acute COVID. And then further down the line, we may well be able to come up with a treatment for it. Very interesting. Wow. The, uh, the progress is really remarkable. Dr. Cole, thank you. As always, fascinating conversation. I'd love to hear from you. Karen says, morning, Howard. What a fascinating conversation uh, indeed. It's about to go 7 o'clock. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning.